All right, welcome back here to Newark, New Jersey. It's the Liberty Hockey Invitational, the Sunday afternoon games, game two. Merrimack taking on Princeton in the third place game of this tournament. And the score after one, the Warriors lead Princeton by the score three to nothing. I'm Mike Mackey with John Lee. And joining us for this first intermission, Jasmina Shah. She is a college hockey correspondent for College Hockey News. And uh, Jasmina, that first uh, period uh, couldn't have gone worse, I guess, for Princeton. Couldn't have gone better for Merrimack. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last or on Friday, Princeton actually looked a lot better than they had much of last season, but this first period kind of mimics the way they played pretty much all of last year. They really struggled possessing the puck. Usually they're feeling their own end, getting shot at a lot. Um, I know this year Coach Bob Fogarty was trying to emphasize puck possession. It was a huge issue last year, and he's trying to make sure they keep shots to the perimeter, but at the same time, like, you can't expect goalkeeper to stop 45 shots tonight, which is pretty much what the goalkeepers were relied on to do last year. Uh, how much of that first period do you think was, I mean, uh, Princeton, like the other Ivy League schools, are kind of just getting their feet wet, right? Friday was their first real game, uh, eight days or so of practice before that. Merrimack had a bad first period on Friday, so I know that was an extra emphasis to come out that much stronger. And, and, and they did, as you said, you know, puck possession was all about that first period, and, and it, it spent most of its time in front of Colton Finney. I think that definitely could be the case, as it is this team had a lot of offseason changes. They have an entirely new coaching staff. They're learning new systems. I think with Yale, part of the reason they were able to keep pace with them is that it was their first game for both teams, where, as you mentioned, Merrimack has already had a chance to get on the ice, but Princeton has a large freshman class. They've got six kids in the net. They've got six rookies right now in their lineup, and you know they're trying to adjust these systems, and I definitely think it plays a factor. We, we kind of expected them to struggle a little bit early on, given everything. What are your thoughts on Ron Fogarty getting the job? I mean, a guy who had a great career at Colgate, uh, long uh, coaching career even before coming to, to Princeton, did a great job in Division Three. And Adrian uh, knows the ECAC. He's been an assistant coach at, at Clarkson and Colgate before, so he knows the challenges of, of recruiting in the ECAC. But also, as I talked with him before the game, I mean, it's almost like it couldn't be a better time to be in the ECAC, right? Because the, the league is doing so do, uh, doing so well, the last two national champions, and competing so well in, in the national tournament. Uh, I guess it's all about recruiting, right? He's going to have to recruit the players he needs. Well, it's funny you mentioned recruiting because part of him bringing in a new coaching staff is that he brought in Brad Dexter, who was actually an assistant coach at Colgate and did a great job recruiting there. And judging by what I've seen, well, I haven't gotten a chance to see the recruits, but I know what they've been doing, um, recruiting a lot of kids from Canada, and they all seem to be doing pretty well. So I think it's looking for a pretty bright future for Princeton. I know that it's going to take a little while just to get the systems in place, get the players comfortable with it, but I think he was a great hire, you know, just from talking to... Um, some of the players on the team, they are just into new systems, but they're saying that these are a lot more structured than what they've had before, and for them, that's a little bit of relief. So I, I think it was a good thing. What are the challenges like at Princeton in terms of trying to get the, the fans engaged, the alumni engaged, you know, the kind of support? Because that's a great rink down there, Hobie Baker Rink. I think it's one of the top rinks in college hockey. And if you could fill it with home fans and you get, uh, you know, 2,000, 2,300 or whatever it is, you know, home fans in there cheering on a, a team that's successful, it's going to be a pretty tough place for anybody to play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they do get a lot of local support. Most of them are local families. They don't really get a lot of support from the students, which is unfortunate because, like you said, it's definitely one of the best rinks in college hockey. And, I mean, last year I think attendance really dipped a lot, but a lot of it depends on when they're playing. Because, again, with the families, they kind of favor the 4 o'clock starts, but those are very difficult to get other teams to agree upon, so that plays a factor. Um, students don't really come. I think last year the best student turnout they had was senior night against Colgate when they had the band there. Cornell, sorry. When they had the band there, they had Cornell's band there. And then it definitely, it's absolutely definitely with the band there. But it's, it's been, they've struggled for attendance. 
Well, as a BU alum, you know Hockey East. You know Hockey East really well. So uh, with Merrimack getting ready to get into league play, uh, BU off to a great start. Let's talk about Hockey East for a little bit. Uh, uh, BU, I mean, pe- people expected they'd have a better year this year. I know it's kind of the Jack Eichel show, but still, you know, the, the supporting cast there has been pretty solid. So uh, uh, your, your thoughts on Hockey East and how it might shake out this year? I think it's definitely an interesting year for Hockey East. I know a lot of people picked Notre Dame to finish pretty high, but they had a pretty big turnover, so I don't know how high they're going to actually end up finishing. Providence is an interesting situation. They did hand BU the first loss of the season, but they've also kind of struggled a little bit, I think, to start the season. Um, and you mentioned with BU, I actually went down to see them last week, and everyone talks about Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel. And he's a fantastic player, but when you mentioned the supporting cast, that's something that really matters to me because from someone who's watched BU, pretty much two of their worst years I think they've had in recent history that team looks really really different and I know they have a lot of underclassmen because usually with the graduating players and players who leave early they're bringing in eight nine freshmen per year but this freshman class is really good and they're very solid players you know I think Johnny McLeod's up there on the top pairing with Matt Grizzlick this year so that's they're looking at these freshmen to kind of carry the team and then they have Adi Oxen up, up there on the top line which is interesting because when I was there he was a defenseman so it's just all around. They look a lot more fantastic. They look a lot more stable, which I think is a big thing because last year they were just really struggling and they weren't really stable as a team as a whole, especially defensively. Yeah, how much of it is having another year under their belt, maybe another year under David Quinn, who's now in his second year, so they're more used to him and the things he wants to, to accomplish and so on. Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge thing is getting adjusted to Coach Quinn. And then I just I really think the freshman class is pretty good. And I think for my, when I was graduating, my senior class and the senior class below us, which was last year's class, they also weren't very talented. They, you know, they didn't have as much skill as I think these underclassmen are bringing to the table. Yeah, we talk about Jack Eichel, and all indications are he may only be there for one year. He may go number one in the draft and then go to the NHL, so see him while you can. But uh, having seen him now, I, you've seen him, I have, and tell us about him. I mean... To me, like when I'm there, I watch the team as a whole, not just Eichel. I think it's because I used to cover them for so many years that I'm accustomed to doing that. But he just makes everything look pretty effortless, especially when you watch him playing. And for me, when I was there, he was 17. He's now 18. But to watch a 17-year-old player do things like that, sometimes I forget he's only 17 because of the way he's playing, but he's a pretty fantastic player. All right, we appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to take a break here. Thanks for joining us, Jasmine. We appreciate it, and uh, look forward to seeing your coverage all year long on College Hockey News, and uh, thanks again. Thank you for having me. All right, our guest in the first intermission from College Hockey News, it's been Jasmine Shaw. The score after one is Merrimack, three Princeton, nothing. Back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.